Hey y'all, welcome to the Sip It and Rip It podcast. Uh, we just got done puking uh, <laughs> because of our uh, dumb internet challenge that Nathan really wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, and I was the one who wimped out of it the most. <laughs> I think we probably both wimped out of it. I think we both. I think. I think the uh, the combo just absolutely pulled the bitch card on both of us. To be honest with it you, was, it was. I think rough. we've been called out by. Screwball and Osiflex, respectively. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to watch that, it'll be on our Instagram and eventually our TikTok when we get that set up. And uh, it'll be uh, it'll be different angles too. We got two cameras going. We're like super fancy. Yeah, it was Double. two. It was two phones. It was not two cameras. Technically, I have two cameras to set up, but we use our phones more convenient. And we want to go on Instagram live, so might do that more often all, we'll see. all four people that were in and out the whole time yep. watched it it was good <laughs> had a little bit of you know back and forth with a with a couple of them mm-hmm. thanks tj and daniel mm-hmm. and thanks for cody and tammy mims those are the four people that, <laughs> that showed that, up that showed up i'm pretty sure the latter were in and out pretty quick right to be honest. they were like what are they doing i don't care <laughs> like this looks stupid i'm leaving and i can confirm it was in fact stupid it was <laughs> It was. So were you expecting it to be so like pancake battery and like no. te- and texture? I because well, like I mean we mixed it with the same amount I mixed it with the same amount of water or milk that I would use for a shot of protein. Right? Like But something I guess there's something about the alcohol that just it, caused like, it. Y'all to, it like curdled. Expand. And then adding the milk was a bad idea. The milk made it more palatable for me. Like texture wise, yes, but then there was a different flavor. It was like vanilla it. flavored rubbing alcohol for me, <laughs> and it was it was it was atrocious. It, it was, really was, and it was chunky. Yep. Oh god, the chunks are what really made me just tap out. Like God, it was instantly. so bad. I went I went back and tried again, but God, God, it was bad. It yeah. was worse. It was honestly, I've been dreading this since we talked about doing it. <laughs> And I think it was worse than I thought it would be. I really thought that I was going to get through my whole drink, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Like, got... I didn't think it was going to be a pleasurable experience or anything like that. But I really thought that I, because I have kind of an iron stomach, I really thought that I was just going to turn it up and drink it. <laughs> Little did you know, the chunks. The, the chunks texture. was it, dude. Yeah. And maybe it was the... a lack of the blender ball. Yeah. Was... Maybe it needed an actual blender. <laughs> I don't know if a blender ball would have done anything. Much, I don't think there's. For it. I don't think there's anything that actually make it. <laughs> Dude, it was atrocious. <laughs> it was so bad. As as soon as the chunks hit my mouth, I spit it out. Like it just, it God. just like instantly. It was like, nope, this is bad. I can't. And I was committed to. I was like, I'm just gonna drink it. But as soon as the chunks hit my my tongue, I was like, it's like, yeah, it's like a can't. reflex. Like yep. you can't even like you can't even control it at that point. Yep. Splash God. alcohol in my face and my eyes, and <laughs> I was. Throwing it up in the sink. God almighty. It was it's a good watch. Go watch it. You'll laugh. You'll laugh at us being idiots. I have a it was like an instant headache for me too. Like I feel like it made my stomach hurt instantly. Behind my eyes automatically. I feel that, but I think it's just because alcohol hit me in the face. Damn it. (laughs) Oh my god, it was so so bad. So bad. But anyway. Uh enough about that. We got we got some more palatable drinks this time. Yeah, we got whiskey and not whiskey. No, whiskey. Uh, rum and Coke, right? Yeah, it's a vanilla rum and, rum and Coke. It's a vanilla rum, Coke Zero, and ice. And it kind of just tastes like a vanilla Coke. Thank God it doesn't taste like screwball. <laughs> no, Although the vanilla's messing with me a little bit. Oh, God. oh really? <laughs> it's turning my stomach just a little bit, but I'm but I'm a trooper. I can I can get through I can't, it. I can't even I, really. 
Next time we do something with protein powder, make sure it's a brand that I don't carry at the store, so I won't just be repulsed by it every time. <laughs> Instantly, I to, every time I have to walk to the store. Yeah, I mean, we could have done the, the Oreo cookies and cream mix. Oh God. Yeah, let's do it next next time. No, I don't think there's gonna, there's gonna be a long time for the next time on this. Oh man, my God, it was so bad. Yeah, what did you do in the gym this week? <laughs> Me. Uh, so this was my first. Uh, First week back of regular programming. I deloaded last week, so I same old stuff. Um, had a good uh, close grip incline press. I did two fifty for ten. Um, I was pretty happy about it. Uh, deadlift and squat and bench were all markers that I hit at some point in the prior training block. So it's nothing really to talk about. Um, I also now have noticed a twitch in my chest. It's happening right now. No, it's like right here. Just a little jump? Yeah, it's it's real weird. And it just happens out of nowhere. It's just like twitching right here. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm probably No dying. strain or anything like that, though. I'm probably just dying for some reason. No, I don't think you're dying. Some on the left side. I have weird muscle heart, twitches sometimes. Heart problems or something. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's probably <laughs> something in your pet because it'll be okay. It'll be fine. A little muscle spasm. Yeah. It just means you're working hard. <laughs> something like that just what, did you do? What, what did you do in the gym um so i'm back on a bodybuilding program i did have two full leg days this week after my it band incident um got a bullshit diagnosis from my doctor of tendonitis and i think that mm-hmm. um tendonitis for the record y'all is not an acute injury so i think the the fact of the matter is they drug their feet so long about imaging that it healed beyond them being able to see any legitimate answer yeah. And uh, that's a little scary to me because I still don't have an answer as to why it happened or what I can do to prevent it. Or, you know, they are going to refer me to a PT and I'm just going to tell the PT, like, listen, tendonitis is a bullshit answer. This was an acute injury and we're going to try to work backwards from there. Um, And I'm probably going to have to have further imaging done on my labrum because I have a lot of internal hip pain. Mm. The external pain from the IT band is almost 100% gone. So um, it does get replicated around 200 pounds or so on a squat. So. It'll be a while before I'm under a heavy squat again, but I am back training legs and at least volume wise, I'm back training legs at full capacity, not yeah. necessarily, you know, resistance wise. Yeah. yeah. So it is what it is. And then uh, I am down officially as of today. Um, I met my goal of 10 pounds in two weeks. Today was my second, officially my second week, uh, but I actually ended the second week at 18. And Dang. yeah. So I was 178 by my scale, uh, a 278 at my scale at the gym. I mean, at home, the gym scale is about two pounds heavier. I was 280 on it. Mm-hmm. So um, 18 pounds down. So oh, yeah. in two weeks' time. Not bad at all. Yeah. I mean, when you go from 55 to 6,000 6, calories a day to three, 25 to 35, yeah, it'll do it. And uh, it is starting to show up on my lifts. Uh, incline was a lot more miserable this week than yeah. – now, I did do sets. I had six total sets program. So sets one through one through four were actually heavier than I did last week, which was good. And then I just didn't have stay in power at the top end of my weight range. Yeah. So um, I didn't hit uh, the top two sets as heavy as I would like to have. Yeah. So this is what it is. But. Uh, we knew that that was going to happen. I'm trying to get out of my head about that and just be encouraged by the 18 pounds down yeah. and, and move on. So, uh, sucks. It sucks to suck, but 
that's you know being strong is not the name of the game for me right now unfortunately yeah. so it's kind of a hard thing to wrap your head around because when i was cutting it was the same way i was like i felt really just shitty because i wasn't hitting my lifts like i i expected to and i knew going in just like you did like lifts are going to go down but you don't really know about how much until you actually start working you actually start losing weight and when you actually get those physical numbers that you're seeing every day it's kind of like man it was less today less the next week less more you know following that so it just kind of have to be mentally steeled about the weight not mattering like yeah and that's uh that's a hard thing to do coming immediately out of pr- a powerlifting prep immediately into uh and i have a hard time calling it bodybuilding but immediately into this transformation prep mm-hmm. it's uh that is a little bit of a mind fuck yeah. um i just remind myself that i will be a better powerlifter for it later mm-hmm. so definitely because um, i definitely feel like when i cut the weight down and i put it back on i, I know i've put more weight back on i'm like five pounds heavier than i was when i cut um so i'm i'm sitting pretty close to 240 right now uh and all my strength has come back and i'm getting stronger so like it comes back and you you work better you know your work capacity is better yeah um so you can handle it and you can grow more it's just it all around was a good thing it's just really hard to see it that way when you're in it yeah and when you're in the middle of it it sucks and you know i just gotta um i just gotta be become addicted to a new number and the new number is gonna have to be the number on the scale and not yeah, I'm not the number of the barbell, so this is what it is. Upper body strength, you know, lower, you know, it's hard to say that I feel as strong, but like everything feels like it should. You right. know what I'm saying? Like 135 up to that 200 pounds, all of it feels like an empty barbell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I'm encouraged by that, but I also haven't been under, you know, 315 plus pounds for, you know, sets of 10, like I probably would have been had I not hurt myself. You know what right. I mean? So, like, um, it's hard to say, you know what I mean? So that's just not one thirty five is barely enough for me to hit depth with, let alone Right. You know, you, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you have to have a it's to the point that me and you squat enough that we have to have a little bit of weight to set us in the bottom. Yeah. Like it's almost hard to hit depth with, let alone feel like I'm getting a leg workout. But mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I'm encouraged by it for the most part. But you know, walking around day to day capacity, I'm a hundred percent. Gym capacity, I'd say I'm at about thirty or forty. Yeah. So I have a long way to go before I'm 100 percent better, probably. So that's okay. You've got time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Over. Yeah, absolutely. And if I have to just, you know, pound sets of 20 with a plate on the bar on squats, that's just what I'll do. But um, we don't know yet. We'll see. So. 10 sets of 20. <laughs> 200 reps. Of, yeah, uh, that's the just squats. Yeah, just squats. exactly what I need. Which and, probably it'd probably be good for thing? me. 10 sets of 20, Tom Platt. Tom Platt did a lot of crazy shit. Or did he do five sets of 20? I know it was was some number of sets of 20 that he did. I'm sure that he was about some sets of 20 on (laughs) squad. That guy was a monster. His legs were also massive. They were. Joe Sullivan Sullivan and uh, and Matt Winning beat that record, right? Oh, really? Did they? I know Matt Winning did. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did it first, actually. Some people were questioning him on depth. I mean, he's he's got that west side style squat, so... Yeah, he hit, he hit competition depth, I believe. Um, but a lot of people were like, well, Tom Platts did it lower. He squatted deeper. I don't, I don't know. I haven't watched them side by side and compared them. I couldn't say. Nah. Let me tell you something. That much weight for that many reps is... Don't matter. It's still I kinda, hard. I kind of don't give a fuck. <laughs> now, now, I'm a big depth guy. Like Depth matters to mm-hmm. me. But like, that's so much weight. Yeah. So much weight. Anyway, you got a PR song? Yeah, I've got a few. 
Let's see. What got a few. A few, yeah. Uh, I'm, I've got. I've started accumulating a list, and I'm just knocking them off as I uh, as I uh, talk on here about them. But uh, let's go with um, let's go with the Grip Titans by Revocation. I actually saw them for the first time at uh, that Cannibal Corpse show I went to in uh, Iron City. And I was surprised. I, my dad had mentioned them before, and he was like, you'd like them. They're pretty good. I kind of just like blew them off a little bit, which I feel bad about. But I did. I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, okay. Because I thought they were more like a, uh, like more of a thrashy kind of band, but they're pretty heavy. Like I was. I yeah, was, Revocation was on uh, Relapse when I worked there. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, but they're, I, I was really impressed. So uh, that was one of the first songs that they played when they were on stage and I was like, all right, these guys are cool. Like yeah, immediately just like, they're I'm, a cool I'm, man. I'm good with them. So the for sure. I like them. Titans by revocation. Um, mine's going to be, uh, the illusionist by Jamie's elsewhere. And, uh, I'm a sucker for heavy music and poppy vocals. So that's kind of what that is. Mm. Um, they remind me a little bit of, uh, somewhere between like issues and, uh, I'm abomination. So, um, that's pretty cool shit. Um, I like it. It's kind of feel good music for me and I don't do feel good music a lot. So, um, give that one a listen. I don't have a lot to say about it other than that because I don't know shit about the man. So. <laughs> That's fair. It's one of those things. I'm We're gonna, getting old officially. Right. Like, it's like, well, I don't know who the fuck these people are, but, but I, I like, I like their shit. So. <laughs> you used to know everything about everybody. Yeah. Right? So then you just stop caring. You only start caring about. Them. I'm gonna I'm gonna travel back a little bit uh, with some some Metallica, uh, and I may like the. I know the Black Album is pretty controversial. I like the Black Album. I like, I, I like, um, I definitely like parts of the Black Album. There are definitely some parts that are kind of like, you know, whatever. It does mark the death of Metallica, though. Right. Cause after that, it was kind of, it's coming from somebody with a Metallica logo tattooed on their arms. Right. But, um, of Wolf and Man, that's is, a badass song. It kicks ass. Like, it was really cool. The lyrics are really cool. Like, it's talking about turning into werewolf. Like, and when you're in the gym, that kind of, that kind of stuff just kind of like fires me up. Yeah, Wolf and Man's a badass song. Actually, you know, most that most that record outside the hits is pretty badass. I yeah. will say this. I mean, if you I can tolerate Sad But True. Man, I cannot sit through Inner Sandman. I knew you were gonna say that. I, I can't. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's like every fucking redneck on this planet. <laughs> if you ask them if they listen to heavy music, they're gonna say something about Inner Sandman. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like, listen, like that song kind of fucking blows if you're a Metallica <laughs> fan. But if you're a, if a real Metallica fan, it's okay if something comes off the Black Album, if your favorite song comes off the Black Album. But we do not want to hear you say... Inner Sandman. Inner Sandman or The Unforgiven or Nothing Else Matters. <laughs> like, that's not... You know, to me, that's not fucking Metallica. In, like, for me, I like those songs, but they're definitely not my favorite. I definitely, like, I definitely like The Unforgiven, Sad, Sad But True, and... Uh, and nothing else matters. Um, Inner Sandman is a rough one for me. I, I have to like give Inner Sandman amount of credit just because it kind of got me into Metallica. It was one of the first songs that I listened to by them. Yes. You know, I was like nine or ten years old, and I was like, oh, this is cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and it probably was back then. I, I'll tell you what ch might chap your ass, but <laughs> Ghost covering Inner Sandman is, uh, is better than the original only because it makes... That song is so cheesy compared to the rest of Metallica's discography mm -hmm. up to that point that it makes it feel like Ghost does it in a way that makes it makes you feel like they wrote it, and because they're cheesy and campy on right. purpose, 
it feels right. I'm, I'm like, fine as a that. as a Metallica fan, it doesn't feel right. Like <laughs> to go from battery to mm-hmm. Inner Sandman, it's like it's two different. It's almost it's two different genres. It's yeah. like at that point, it's almost two different bands. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I think about even though it doesn't have even though it has Cliff Burton as a uh, even though it has Jason Newsted instead of Cliff Burton, the uh, Injustice for All is a fucking masterpiece and it's yeah. super fucking heavy. And yeah, I don't have the bass player that I love on it, but like. Just to think they went from one to mm-hmm. or blackened to inner Sandman. It's right. just like, man, anybody that sides that as their favorite gym song, you're a cheesy motherfucker. I don't care how, <laughs> I don't care how fucking strong you are. You probably listen to Disturbed too. <laughs> you gotta listen to Indestructible, man. No, nah, we're not talking about that Disturbed. We're talking about like, they probably listen to like Down with a Sickness and get real hyped about their. <laughs> <laughs> about their four hundred and five pound deadlift. <laughs> they got they got to listen to the no mommy part over and over. Again. I'm sure that I'm sure that if you're a CrossFitter, you love Inner Sandman and Down with the Sickness. But <laughs> those of us living in the real world of strength, <laughs> <laughs> just take them out back and shoot them. Yeah, get fucked. <laughs> Sorry, CrossFitters. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think we have any CrossFitters listening. Uh, we had one follow us the other day who I actually really? love and respect a lot. So shout out to Zane Barnett for following us. Hell yeah. Uh, he's a really fucking cool guy. And uh, obviously he knows that my background is in CrossFit, so I can only shit on it so much. Mm-hmm. Some part of, a small part of that makes me think that I have a right to shit on it more <laughs> because were. I came from it because yeah. I've experienced both. But uh, no, nah, Zane's a really awesome dude. So um, thank you for the follow. I'm I'm, very, I'm actually very gracious for that. So yeah. you might, you're going to have to cover your ears sometimes because they're going to make fun of you for listening <laughs> to, you know, the playlist y'all have is going to go from like dubstep or something awful, like some club shit to inner Sandman to some like fucking like Morgan Wallen country bullshit. <laughs> and y'all get, I know y'all get real hopped about that, but that's fucking gay. That's all I got to say. <laughs> New age country sucks, but do you like um, Johnny Cash? There are cash songs I like. I really like uh I really like uh Sam Hall. Yeah. Fucking badass song. Um I get really mad about Cash because people think that he wrote Hurt. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. And that's actually a Nine Inch Nails song that oh, Johnny really? Cash covered. And I that's get interesting. I, I get really that. my ass gets really chapped that people are like, Do you like the Johnny Cash song Hurt? And I'm like, do you mean the fucking Nine Inch Nails song, you fucking pansy? <laughs> like, I didn't like, know Get that, your though. fucking redneck ass head out of your own ass, man. Like, <laughs> experience the world, for God's sakes. <laughs> Talking to a man of culture over here. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you give your second song? I don't think you did. No, we've just been on a fucking tirade. <laughs> Metallica <laughs> since we, since we talked about a wolf and man. Um, no, so um, I am going to take it a little bit heavier now. Um, I've been thinking about whether or not I should put this one on there because I think people are going to think I'm making a political statement, but I'm really not. I don't really give a fuck what these guys' political stance is, but it's just a badass song. But uh, Make America Hate Again by The Art is Murder is a fucking awesome song. It fucking rips. You can probably put two and two together about what it's about. I don't really (laughs) give a fuck. It's just an awesome song. I'm a metalhead first. I don't care what they're singing about. Like. I just want the riffs, man. And right. that song has the riffs. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I've seen that pop up several times on like my suggested. I mean, it's a fucking good one. Yeah, it's a good one. I like the outers. Yeah, that, I mean, I they're a little hit or miss for me that I can't do a whole album bomb. But man, the songs that are good are really yeah. good. Yeah. They're really good. 
So that, that covers our bases for the normal stuff, right? Yeah, for all all you fake Metallica fans, pick it up and get off of a uh, get off of Inner Sandman and listen to the first four. Go go, go grab a uh, Ride the Lightning. Yeah, Ride the Lightning and Master Puppets. Kill them all is good. It's good. Kill them all has some good songs. Yeah, it's, I don't know if it's as good beginning to the end as other t- I don't other think it two. Is, and then Justice Justice for All is is pretty good beginning to end. To be honest, short as straws. Yeah, like that's that's probably my favorite song. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm a little cheesy, but uh, there's no intro that pumps me up like Blacken does. It's good. And then the last half of one is just yeah. a fucking masterpiece. And I only think it's that good because they make you wait on it for so long. Right. There's so much tension that builds in that song. And uh, I just fucking love it. I really do. So it is what it is. Stop what it with is. the Black Album, unless it's of Wolf and Man, and then it's okay. There's a couple of songs on the, on the Holier Black Than Now, fucking awesome. Um, um, Oh, what's that one song? God, I can't even remember. I can't remember the name. I can hear the song in my head, but I can't think of the name. It's like the ninth song or something on it. Oh, I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember track listing on anything anymore. I'm That's fucking fair. terrible. So, um, the best radio ver- or the rate the best radio hit from that ra- record is probably "Sad but True," in my opinion. Yeah. That's fair. Other anyway. than that. Death of Metallica, I'm telling you. Uh, Enjoy your Black Album Crossfitters. <laughs> we forgot to mention this at the beginning, but we really need you to rate us five stars on Spotify. And uh, subscribe on YouTube if you're on YouTube. And Apple Podcasts and all the other. Yeah, thank you. Please do it. Five stars. Please, and Unless you're a Crossfitter that's real upset about me making fun of Morgan Wallen and the Black Album. Then they might, they might bomb us. They might review bomb us. <laughs> but, honestly god i'm telling y'all right now if y'all review bombas i'm gonna use your one star reviews or less as part of marketing for this podcast hell yeah hell like, yeah we will <laughs> there's no such thing as bad press right i will screenshot it i will fucking post your comments up online we will laugh at it at you publicly we will not apologize and we will continue filming the podcast <laughs> it'd be it'd be pretty funny period but uh, we got a we got an interesting topic today to talk about. Uh, something I guess we've kind of touched on it here and there, and in other various uh, yeah, topics. We've, we've talked a lot about our illegal drug use, <laughs> but we're gonna get into things like over the counter that could actually physically help you perform better in the gym. So um, we have some pretty strong opinions about this. I own a supplement store. Um, but I'm going to do my best to give you the personal trainer answer to all these things and not the greedy supplement store owner answer to any <laughs> of this stuff. That's fair. Um, but the first thing up, and we're going to talk about over-the-counter. Um, we're going to talk about over-the-counter supplements, what they do, how they can help you, stuff like that. So um, first one I had up, what did you have up first? Creatine. Creatine. Yeah, absolutely. Creatine is a pretty remarkable thing. I can't lie to you. Um, it's pretty much the only over-the-counter supplement proven to increase, like directly increase, like strength and endurance and stuff like that. And uh, Dr. Lane Norton is somebody, me and, me and Nathan have talked about a lot on the podcast. He can get more in-depth with exactly how and why it happens. But basically what, uh, what creatine is going to do for you is going to increase intracellular water, so the water that's actually in the cell. Um, so it's going to allow it to deliver oxygen stuff like that better nutrients better it's going to make you stronger because glycogen uh, uh, 
production is is better. Um, in general, um, it is going to make you retain some water weight from the intracellular water. But the important thing to note is it's not extracellular, so it's not water that's going unused, or it's it's not just useless water weight. If that makes sense, yeah. uh, you may experience some puffiness, you may experience some weight gain from it, but it's not necessarily bad weight gain, and you can absolutely still use it on a cut too. So. Yeah. And it's also, um, I forget the correct term, but it's gradual. Like it's not going to start working immediately. I think it, I think it's roughly like a week or two weeks before it actually starts. Yeah, you have to load it too. Yeah. Like you have to take more on the front end than you do after the fact. And once yeah. you once you get in a daily routine, you can take your five grams and it mm -hmm. works. But you know, you really probably need ten to twenty grams the first three or four days you're using yeah. it to get it in your system. So, yeah. but it is a gradual thing. But honestly, most most things are. With the exception of maybe we'll talk about it in a minute, but with the exception of like caffeine, mm -hmm. most things are going to be long haul things. Yeah, it's not going to be instantaneous, yeah. uh, including black market drugs. I think yeah. people expect those to be instant, and they're yeah. not. Um, but uh, you know that all will depend on the ester. We'll talk about those later. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean creatine incredibly valuable. I think it's one of only two or three things I actually I absolutely think everybody involved in strength strength sports or sports at large should be taking. It's not anabolic in any any way. Um, I've talked to a mother recently that was adamant that her kid do everything naturally, natural this, natural that, natural this. And I'm like, listen, man, this is naturally derived from meat sources. It's naturally occurring in meat. Um, you get more of it if you take it in a concentrated dose. It's effective. It's 100% safe. Uh, the worst thing that's going to happen to you on creatine is you feel a little bloated. Yeah. Like So for me, that's all about timing. Like I never take my creatine before a workout. I always take it after so I don't have to deal with bloating when I'm putting on my belt and stuff like that. So, like, the only thing that's going to happen is it could upset your stomach a little mm -hmm. bit. And along those lines, it should be noted that the only thing clinically proven to help is creatine monohydrate. So mm -hmm. if you're taking creatine phosphate, HCL, stuff like that, those creatines do not work for you strength-wise like monohydrate does. Yeah. Those things are pretty much derived to make you feel more comfortable because they won't make you bloat like monohydrate will. But monohydrate is the only one clinically proven to actually cause a difference. So if you're not taking monohydrate, you're probably taking bullshit, to be honest with you. Just wasting your money. Absolutely. Uh, it doesn't taste good. Um, you can buy it flavored. Uh, most people mix it in a protein shake or post-workout post shake. Mm -hmm. I suggest that. Uh, a lot of um, pre-workouts has it in it already. Probably not in the amount that you need, but uh, you can add it to your pre-workout if you're okay with taking it before. There's a million other things, but you do specifically need to be shopping for creatine monohydrate. Mm -hmm. So that's my spill on creatine. What do you have to add? Um, I don't think there's much else to add. It's like, it's, it's cheap too. It is the benefit cheap. of yeah. It's not as cheap as it used to be. Um, but I mean, I, you know, I, I sell a, a hundred serving container for for about forty bucks. Right. So when you compare it to other supplements, even protein powder or pre workout, it's a, quite a bit cheaper than yeah, either one of those things. You, you can spend eighty dollars on a tub of protein powder, and it's twenty five to thirty servings depending yeah. on the brand. So yeah. I mean, depending on the brand, the the size of the tub. Yeah. Like. We only do two, two pound things at alpha. Cause it's the only thing that really moves. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's about it's 25 to 30 scoops depending on yeah. the serving size. So, and for that size, you're probably easily seeing like 50, 60 bucks, right? Yeah. Mine are probably 54 99. Yeah. So like right there. And by the time you pay tax, it's like 59 98 or something yeah. like that. So, so it's 60 bucks, 60 bucks. Yeah. yeah. For, so you're basically talking about $2 a day for your protein. Yeah. Um, which is the next on the list? Yeah, is protein. Um, I don't have a problem with people taking protein powder. I will say the personal trainer answer to this is I want as many 
I want steaks before shakes, just like Stan Efferdine talks about. Like I want it to come from as many food sources as it can before you reach for a protein powder. Mm -hmm. That being said, man, I mean, I'm two eighties now, but you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I was 298 pounds. Uh, so my daily protein intake for what we're doing would have been 300 grams. If you're a larger person, it's going to be incredibly difficult to get a pound per, per pound yeah. of body weight um, without a protein powder or yeah. something. Um, I can do it. It's not fucking comfortable. Yeah, it is. That is a lot of protein. It's it's especially hard. Like it's not so hard if you're doing something maybe like carnivore or something where you're eating protein constantly all day. Like, but it's meals. very hard if you're eating a balanced. Yeah, diet. If, you, yeah. if you're adding in carbs, which if you're competing, you probably should have some amount of carbs um, at what well, competing in powerlifting, powerlifting or any sort of strength sport. But uh, yeah, like that's the only way to to make it physically like easy on your body. Otherwise, like. You know, you're you were eating like what five thousand calories a day. That's yeah. not hard. There, that's not easy. Like no, it's, it's not. Yeah, even for a big man, it's not real easy. I mean, it's it's disgusting. It was a lot of high calorie, bang for your buck food. I ate a lot of fast food like that. It's really really hard to get enough enough fuel. Um, I have done four thousand clean before, and that was incredibly difficult. I'm talking about like two or three cups of berries in a sitting, uh, a protein shake with it. Um, more, you know, two cups of white rice in a meal, and that's a lot of fucking white that's rice. That's a lot of rice. Um, you know, so, and that's for 4,000 calories. So, for me to have ate that way and made it to six, wouldn't have happened. I mean, yeah. honestly, like, you have to have more calorie dense things. So, you'd, you'd have um, to, you'd have to basically dedicate your entire day to eating. Like, yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to have walks in between to digest it better. Um, and I have the work schedule of somebody that works two full time jobs. So, yeah. finding time to do that just not possible it's not not plausible not yeah. at all i mean so uh protein powder is incredibly good because it's incredibly convenient mm -hmm. um i will say something and this we'll touch on this with another supplement later but a sneaky thing about modern protein powders which is actually a benefit is they actually have an entire bcaa profile in them because bcaa's aid in protein synthesis mm -hmm. um sometimes i have an eaa profile and i'm depending on the brand that you buy yeah. so like Protein powder can be not only is it convenient, but it can be a good two in one supplement. Yeah. Um, most of the time, if you're eating a complete protein source, like if most of your protein is coming from meat and not plant, um, you get enough BCAAs without having to supplement that. But with a protein powder, you're absolutely getting, you know, two, three thousand percent of your daily BCAA value, mm -hmm. um, which is two or three. I didn't mean two or three thousand, uh, two or three hundred percent of your daily yeah. BCAA value. So, I mean, it's. um can be an extremely convenient thing. And honestly, if you got a sweet tooth, it's uh it's awesome to be able to cook with. I make overnight oats with it. Uh we've made desserts, stuff like that. Um, with like artificial sweeteners and protein powder. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it, it can be a good cure for a sweet tooth. So yeah, for sure. And even just that. even just drinking a protein shake by itself, like it's it's sweet enough that you can kind of it's not it's not quite the same, but it it can kind of like curb it. It can, yeah. I mean, it's you know, I'm a big fan of uh you know, as long as as long as you're hitting your water every day, I'm a big fan of like a diet coke or something to help yeah. curb your sweet tooth because yeah, that's true. artificial sweetener can help. But protein even that much more valuable because it's not an empty calorie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So or empty space because I mean diet drinks are calorie free, but you know you're not just drinking nothing when you have right. a protein shake. Yeah. So you know that's a that's a good a good source of uh, convenience and uh, you know a good source of nutrition if you're lacking it. Um, if you don't have that problem, you don't need a protein powder. Mm -hmm. That's all there is to it. 
And if you're dieting and you kind of want something easy and simple, that's going to be low calorie, but hit your protein goal. That's kind of like a way. You know, the American workforce has a habit because I I see it in in the shop all day with people buying protein powder. And I also see it with clients. Uh, people are in a really bad habit of not eating a good breakfast. Yeah. Myself included, to be honest with you sometimes. But I will eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get clients that aren't used to eating breakfast to eat breakfast. And a protein shake's a really good solution for that, to be honest yeah, with you. They quick, feel like it's easy. Yeah, I mean, hell, I have I have two clients I can think of and um and I won't mention their names, but um I have two clients I can think of. Both of them are ladies and they just add a protein shake to their coffee. Yeah, they get a pre-made pro, uh, pre-made protein shake, and they use it like coffee creamer. Yeah, works for me. Fucking good, man. That's fine. Yeah, whatever. You know, however you can get it in is fine with me. So, um, you know, just for convenience alone, though, um, especially if you're a big man like me, protein powder is a very valuable thing. And just so. to kind of like segue off of that, because uh, it's it's basically the same thing. Uh, is mass gainer shake? Um, yeah, mass gainer is obviously going to have more carbs, more fat. Uh, per serving typically a little less protein per serving than Mm -hmm. a protein shake but i mean that's incredibly valuable for a hard gainer i mean i have i have one that i train now Uh, of course me and you used it for you um i've never been able to use a pro uh, a mass gainer because well i'm fucking fat so (laughs) mass gaining is not a weakness of mine (laughs) i can cultivate mass pretty quickly (laughs) um but i mean that's incredibly valuable especially if you're skipping meals yeah. You know, I have uh, a gentleman that's he's he's actually getting really, really strong. He's a close friend of mine now that I train every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at six o'clock. He's got to where he's an enormously strong presser. Um, and he was always thin. And we've managed over the years, we've managed to put about 30 really clean pounds on him. His body fat percentage is probably about the same as it when, mm-hmm. it, when he started. Uh, he's gotten very, very muscular. And one thing that's easy for him is he just does two mass gainer shakes a day and he doesn't have to think about food. He doesn't have to think about anything like that. And right off, you know, the one that he uses is about 1100 calories a serving. Yep. So he's getting 2200 calories instantly. And he has to, he's one of, he's a very hard gainer. He's eating six plus thousand calories a day yeah. um, to main, to, just to even maintain weight. Now he's capped at about 210 and he's eating 6,000 calories yeah. a day. So, which is kind um, of actually insane that when you think about it, cause he's a man that's on his feet. Like he probably, yeah. he probably, walk, he probably legitimately walks 30, 35,000 steps a day yeah. uh, at work. So like on top of already being a hard gainer and having a fast metabolism uh, and he does work hard for me. So in his, his job's physical. So like he only lifts three days a week, which is, sounds ridiculous but i mean he does you know pretty pretty well now i don't i can't say with any degree of honesty that he's taking the mass gainers on non-lifting days mm-hmm. uh but on lifting days i know for a fact he's getting six thousand plus yeah. calories a day so but i mean even even so let's say he's only getting four thousand calories a day that's what it took for me to put on size was four thousand calories yeah. like when i was taking mass gainer shake it was it was in the morning i would i would do the mass gainer shake and coffee uh, I'd mix it all together with a little bit of milk, um, and then I'd have like eggs and ham and cheese and toast, and I'd get to work and I'd have like a sand, like a I think it was an eight inch Jimmy John sandwich every time because I was working there at the time I was a manager, so I I would eat a sandwich, whatever it would be. It usually I it usually be about anywhere between seven eight hundred calories on that. And then I'd eat chicken and rice for uh, dinner first dinner and then i'd go to the gym i'd come home and i'd eat whatever it was that i had prepared it was probably like steak and mashed potatoes and broccoli 
And then if I, I sometimes would eat again, but like, that's what it took for me to put on weight. And that's, that was probably like 4,000. And now you can probably cut on 4,000. <laughs> Just about well, that. Well, actually I'm putting on weight at 3,500 calories, which is kind of surprising, but you know, it's, yeah, your job's changed and stuff. My like job that, has yeah, changed. So. I, I stand around a lot. I don't, I'm nowhere near as active. Back when I, just a few months ago, I was doing 30,000, 25,000 steps a day. Now I'm doing like eight or 10, maybe. Yeah. At most. Cause so I don't, your activity level's going down enough to justify yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's still standing all day, but it's just not as much walking. Sure. Like yeah. it's just. So, I mean, it, Mass gainers are incredibly valuable to a hard gainer, man. And especially to kind of liquid calories are really convenient when you're trying to, when you're in a, in a surplus or trying mm-hmm. to bulk. I mean, they really are. I personally use, um, I, I'm not big enough. I'm not small enough that I can get away with a mass gainer and that quite that many calories. And this is a good segue to the next supplement, but I always used uh, vanilla protein powder and OJ mm-hmm. as like an intra workout shake when I was trying to gain yeah. weight. Um, and that works out really well for me. Last thing, last thing I do want to say, just just as a record, and you can go and look at like before and after post. But when I was doing that at the time, I put on about thirty pounds in four months, three months. Yeah, it was a very short amount of time to put on that much weight. I was gaining, I was gaining a lot of weight really fast. And you and didn't was, get fat. I did fat. not get did fat. Not get fat. Um, I I did put on some body fat, but it, I did not get like overweight. It was. I would say it was at least 75% lean muscle that I put on. Um, so there is a lot of benefit to a mass gainer shake. So. You know, at 4,000, though, he's not eating enough over maintenance to really get fat. So y'all need to keep that in mind, too. Yeah. I mean, even at his thinnest, his maintenance because of his activity levels probably in the 3,000s. Mm-hmm. Probably wasn't as high as 3,500, but it was yeah. probably low threes. So, like, you know, he's not, at that point, it should be noted, he's not just – Probably felt like he was gorging himself, but he's not just being a fat ass for the sake of being a fat ass. You know what I mean? Like it definitely was a little bit more calculated than just we're gonna get big at all costs. Yeah. So there there was definitely a lot of a lot of days where I felt like puking, especially downing that mass gainer shake after eating breakfast, which was at least three eggs, you know, ham cheese toast, butter, yeah, jelly, just everything. Everything for breakfast on on top of the mass gainer shake, which was like I gave myself like an hour or so, yeah. maybe 30 minutes, and I drink it on the way. Fair. Uh, so another one, I mentioned the OJ, but is an intra an intra workout carb or a carb powder. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for one, do have a problem, especially when I'm in a, especially when I'm in a deficit. I have a problem eating enough carbs to, because it's easy for me to cut more carbs and lose weight, but it's hard for me to eat enough carbs to sustain um, activity, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So for me personally, I don't do a carb powder, but I do. I will use OJ or something like that. Um, I mostly use it when I'm bulking, but like if I feel like if, if I'm about to go to the gym and just feel lethargic and weak, um, either a carb powder or some OJ really does mm. a good some good work for me. Yeah. Um, again, I would prefer it as a personal trainer. I would prefer it come from natural sources like fruit, rice, um, shit. You can even do. Uh, you know, a full octane Powerade or Gatorade if you wanted yeah. to, but some type of short, um, short carb. So a sugary carb, gummy bears. Um, gummy bears. Yeah, that's a classic for us mm-hmm. power lifters. Um, you know, something like that can be really, really good. But an actual carb powder from a supplement store can be really easy and convenient because you just mix it in your water and go. Yeah. Uh, another convenient thing about carb powder is if you have a problem staying hydrated, if you're not drinking enough water in general, um, 
not only will it probably through your workout, but it might make water a little bit more palatable to you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, very rarely do we have a problem eating enough carbs, but like if you do, for whatever reason, um, a carb powder can be a really valuable thing. Most people that come in my store to buy carb powders are pretty experienced bodybuilders. Yeah. So they're, they're most doing of the time they're pretty large and they are definitely doing it for intra workout endurance. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. when you're, when you're a bodybuilder and you're spending hours in the gym, you know, doing high intensity workouts can be pretty rough. You can, you can, you can just use all your glycogen in a matter of a couple, couple extra. Yeah, absolutely. And refueling is a big part of, you know, longevity and stuff. Yeah. And um, if you don't know that carbs help tremendously with a pump. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, low carb diets when you're cutting, um, that's something I'm actually going to, going to do soon, but it, they will leave you feeling kind of flat and not full. And, and they just, you just don't feel super muscular when you're on a low mm. carb diet. It's hard to say. It's just because you just don't get that blood flow and that pump the same way that you do right. when you're eating carbs. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. Um, I know a lot of people that we follow that have done a hundred percent carnivore and, and had relatively good gym success mm. still. But, um, Man, it really, especially that first couple of weeks without carbs, you really can kind of feel like shit. Yeah. So, I mean, these bodybuilders that are really, really efficient have like high, high, high level of in, insulin sensitivity for whatever reason they may be doing it, whether it's natural or they're having help with that. Um, they really need those carb sources to get from point A to point B. Yeah. And then on meat day for us, like I wouldn't do a carb powder necessarily, but, um, you know, carbs is the, the go-to thing first, you know, yeah. and then super lean, pro- palatable protein that's not going to ca- cause you any type of indigestion but like i think chad wesley smith said uh, white rice and bison white rice and bison yeah. is a good one um seeing people do white rice and honey uh cinnamon added is almost like a dessert mix yeah. probably pretty good on meat day um i personally do beef jerky and yeah. and gummy candy uh it's probably not the healthiest thing but that's what i do um it works out fine for me um but you know those fast cars man get you through a workout and uh, it's just like the protein powder. If you have a problem hitting carbs, it's a good option for you. Yeah. If, you, if you're like most Americans and don't have a problem hitting carbs, you probably don't need a carb supplement. But they can absolutely make the pump better. They can give you some more energy. Helps with the glycogen produ- production and stuff like we talked about. They, it will make you more endurant and stronger through your workout yeah. uh, if you need them. So. Yeah. And if you're, if you're trying to you know, cut, you probably should be careful. Just, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, even though it's you know probably only a couple couple hundred calories for carb powder, it still is a carb powder is almost all some type of sugar. Yeah, dextrose, sucralose, something like that. Like it is pure sugar for the most part. So definitely, you know, if you're taking a carb powder and you're in, on a cut, it needs to be logged and tracked, and it needs to be part of your routine, your diet. It needs to be make make sure it's getting tracked and it's part of your plan for daily carbs, if that makes sense. Um. Don't just take it to take it because you you could see some weight gain from that. Yeah. So or a stall in your diet. So yeah. and if you're on the opposite side of the spectrum, then yeah, I mean if you're more. if you're a hard gainer, like you want to add some carbs to your to your uh, intra workout shake, that's fine, no problem yeah. at all. Um, but you know, like I said, if you're in a cut, it needs to be done you know intelligently and diligently, and uh, you're going to have to cut those carbs from another meal mm-hmm. possibly. So which is probably not where you want to be at because you're probably already going to be hungry enough as it. Yeah, you probably will be. I mean, I'm not even tracking right now. I've lost 20 pounds in two weeks, not tracking calories, eating pretty loosey-goosey. and uh, Just being mindful. Just being mindful. Yeah. And 
You know, I think, uh, you know, something as small as a card powder could derail that success right yeah. now. Now I'm going to move on to tracking and stuff like that. But right now, basically, I'm making my diet more extreme as I get closer to my meat date, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, as long as I'm losing weight, eating mindful, I'm going to continue. And when I have to start tracking, uh, I'll start tracking. Does that Just make remember, sense? remember, it's not a meat. It's a show. It's a show, not a meat. It's a yeah. show. I need to. It's kind of hard, right? It's hard to say that. <laughs> You're going to show so your I, muscles. I, hope that, I just hope that somebody wills out a, wills out a combo rack and lets me out bench press my competition. <laughs> I doubt it. But who knows? Maybe someone will have it for like a, a pump. Like have a barbell set up outside so you can get a quick pump. Just flex on everybody. Hit 225 for about 35 at my lightest <laughs> body weight in 10 years. That'd be good. But uh, what's next? Uh, you want to talk about pre-workout? Yeah, that's pre-workout. A, that's a pretty controversial this is, uh, one, honestly. Yeah, it is. Caffeine absolutely does help help with performance to a degree. Yeah, for uh, sure. Longevity and stuff like that. Um, I think that there's a point of diminishing, diminishing returns, returns. Yeah. especially on a leg day. If I take a super caffeinated pre-workout, I will spend more time puking than I do doing legs. <laughs> anytime, anytime you spend less time in the gym, if something's going to cause you to cause uh, cause you to spend less time in the gym under a barbell or on a machine you should really take a look at whether or not it's beneficial to you. Um, Pre-workout, like we're talking about now, we'll get to pumps in a minute. We're talking about just caffeine, beta alanine, you know, maybe a small pump, you know, matrix in it too. But we're talking about the caffeinated pre-workout. It can be awesome on an upper body day. I love it. Yeah. I'm just telling you right now with experience, when, when you get as heavy as me and Nathan has gotten on squats and deadlifts, a lot of the times it's a detriment, in my opinion. It fucking sucks to squat a set of 10 with your heart rate dimed before you even get under the bar because you will fucking vomit. Like, um, If you're putting forth any effort whatsoever, your heart rate's going to be plenty high without, without anything. And I get the – I love the itch. I love the feeling of a pre-workout. But, you know, I use a non-stem pre-workout that gives me all of that without the caffeine now, and that's – man, honestly, that's perfect. Mm. Um, and there are some people who can't have caffeine for various Yeah, absolutely. Caffeine is hard on your heart. Yeah. Um, and it's also pre-workout. If you didn't know this is more liver toxic than anabolics are. <laughs> I so, I mean, that. you need to like, people need to consider things like that. Mm -hmm. I ain't got a problem with it. And obviously I sell a ton of it. Um, but it needs to be used responsibly. Uh, there is a point of diminishing returns in terms of performance. Yeah. Cause when you're like me and you take it every time you go to the gym, eventually, it doesn't do anything. Like I still take it when I go to the gym because I feel like if I go and I don't take this, I will be so tired. I can't do anything. And it's to the point where it's like, I have to have that caffeine. So now I'm relying on the caffeine, yeah, which so means I should come off. I've gotten to a point where I'm the opposite now. Like if I'm feeling really lethargic and really shitty, I can take a scoop of pre-workout that's caffeinated and feel really good through a workout and it benefit me. When I was taking it daily, it wasn't doing anything but making me sick and tired. No. It just is, I mean, it just is what it is. But I mean, that's true of a lot of supplements, like probably not protein and carb powder, like we talked about, but like pre-workout, especially you get used to it. Like you get a tolerance built to caffeine. And I just think there's a big point of diminishing returns. And it. it's fucking fun as fuck. Yeah. One rep max day where you ain't got to worry about breathing through a set of 10. Fucking knock yourself out, bud. Like, well, it's probably fine. You don't know? take three scoops. No, don't take. Three no, scoops. I mean, this, I mean, this <laughs> stuff is like, People forget that caffeine is actually potentially deadly. Yeah. <laughs> like, you probably don't need three scoops of pre-workout. <laughs> you know, like the shit that I sell, I got stuff that's 400 plus milligrams a scoop. Mm -hmm. um, three of those could kill you. 
two of those could kill you. <laughs> Legitimately. I mean, if you got yeah. a heart problem, some, some people have heart problems don't even know they have it until they have yeah. a real bad problem. Like two scoops of pre-workout at 400 milligrams could fucking kill you. And another thing people don't realize, they think that when they take these things that it's in and out of their body in the time they work out, caffeine has an eight-hour half-life. That means if you take 400 scoops of, uh, 400 milligrams of pre-workout, or caffeine in a pre-workout, that means eight hours from then, you still have 200 milligrams in your system. Yeah. So the problem with caffeine is it also compounds, because guess what else these people are going to drink? Coffee. They're going to have their coffee every day or their energy drink every day and everything like that. And all of a sudden, now you're talking about a sleep deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you weren't aware, sleep is the most anabolic thing you can do. Absolutely. So. Sleep and food are the two most anabolic things you can do. So if you're taking pre-workout and drinking energy drinks and or coffee to the point that your sleep is affected, you're missing out on serious gains. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, that was a really big problem of mine for a long time. And I would I wanted to act, act like I didn't know what was wrong with my sleep. And then it was just there in front of me the whole time. Taking a scoop to two scoops of pre-workout every day, drinking two or three coffees a day, maybe an energy drink, not drinking enough water. Um, and then wanted to know why I only slept two hours a night. Like, that's fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can't be doing that. Yeah. It's bad for you. So, so um, good in moderation. Don't overdo it. Now, I will say a pump, while they're mostly for fun, pumps generally have a lot of vitamins and whatnot in them that are actually really good for your heart because they, they typically have L-citrulline and stuff like that in them that are vasodilators. So they actually open up your blood vessels where caffeine is a vaso restrictor and it tends to you know collapse them or not collapse them but shrink them if Mm -hmm. that makes sense so a pumps like i said it's not really doing anything for you it can help with some endurance and stuff but while it's not really doing anything for you long you know even really short term they can be a lot of fun in a gym and uh and they are kind of good for your heart so like you could if you're taking a pump on top of your pre-workout, that's probably the, honestly, that's probably the best case scenario. If you have to have that full scoop of caffeinated pre yeah. um, and want to take a pump too, it's probably better for you than the pre by itself. Yeah. To be fair. But uh, I would, I'm to the point now where the, the pre-workout I take is basically just a pump with beta alanine in it. So you feel all the fury of a pre-workout without having to, without having to have the side effects of caffeine. Right. But, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say about a pump. Yeah. I mean, if you want to take a pump, take a pump. I don't have a problem with it. They're, they are fun. They do make you look good. Like, And some bodybuilders have in the past said, you know, there is benefit to getting a pump because like what happened, like your body has to be like, okay, I've expanded to this point so I can do it again. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that mentality of chasing the pump. Like you never actually achieve the pump, right? Yeah. Because you, you get it. And then you lose it, so you have to come back and get it, yeah. right? That's that's the whole chasing it. But it does like it, their their explanation was it has to do something because your body does expand and look like that at one point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it does do something. As, it's as, not it's, it's not nothing, right? It's the same thing as like when you cut down in body weight and you lose a bunch of fat and then you gain it back. Well, that that when you lost that weight and I experienced this, and that was the whole reason why I cut was because I was curious about it. You know, I noticed my legs were, you know, there was a lot more striations in my legs than I'd ever seen when I cut down to 199. Still got them. Yeah. Like now, now that you're bigger. Yeah. Now that I've put on 50 pounds or 40 pounds, I've still got them. Yeah. So it's like, there's something to it. 
Yeah. So there's something to all of this. There is, absolutely. Pump's not useless. There's just not a lot to say about, about it. From a scientific yeah, standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said, they're a vasodilator. I mean, they're going to help get more blood flow to the area. They're going to make you feel a little bigger, look a little bigger. If it's fun to you, knock yourself over, out. Over time, you yeah. get bigger. You get bigger, yeah. Oh. Potentially. Potentially, yeah. Um, what do we got next? Uh, multivitamins? Yeah, I mean, micronutrients are important, obviously. Um, everybody's deficient in something. Um, I'm not in a really good habit with it. I, I'm more likely to take individual vitamins that I know I'm short on. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I feel about a multivitamin is if they make you feel better. Go for it. I'm not saying it's placebo necessarily, but if they make you feel better, go for it. Uh, you know, we're in a situation where there are better, better halves. We're taking a very specific multivitamin mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple of times a day. Uh, but, you know, that's because they need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, if you know, like, for instance, if you're allergic to a certain food or something like that, that may be B vitamin, maybe most people's biggest source of a B vitamin. Maybe you should be supplementing B vitamins. Right. Like, uh, most of those come from meat, so you're probably not allergic to meat, let's be honest. Um, unless you have the tick bot, which I actually know a guy that had the tick bot. That makes actually, allergic to red, somebody told red me meat. about that recently. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, if you're allergic to citrus, you know, a vitamin C supplement may be good for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that comes from other fruits and vegetables, too. Right. Um, iron is a common one for people to be deficient in. That's another one you can get from red meat. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't eat enough red meat, um, certain vitamin supplements can be can be beneficial. Uh, the multi is just, a, I mean, you get your daily value out of a multi, and that's good. I think that, uh, honestly, my opinion is that most of us that are eating healthy the majority of the time probably don't need one. Right. Um, but, I mean, I could I could be swayed one way or the other on it. Uh, I'm kind of a little bit indifferent about a multivitamin, to be honest. I, I, I err on the safe side on a just a personal basis. That's why I take one every day. Because I feel like, even though I could probably find out if I'm missing anything specifically in my diet, because I eat typically the same thing all the time, I'd rather just know that my bases are covered and yeah. I don't have to worry. Like I take the multivitamin and I know I'm at least getting what I need. Yeah, that's fair. And we do eat, you know, when you're eating healthy, you probably are eating a lot of meal prep. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's a good thing to note. Um, and we do tend to eat the same things over and over yeah. again. So, you know, that's a good point. Um, there's, there's really not a lot to say. About yeah. I mean, there's, there, there really isn't. I mean, um, like I said, moving on, moving on from that though, there are specific things I take and, uh, most of them are PCT related, but both of us take deaspartic acid. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally take, um, magnesium, um, can help with sleep, helps with bone density, also helps with gut health. Um, what else do I take? Uh, I take horny goat weed because just like the name and, in, 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 you know, says it's a natural test booster. Most of the time I start that during my PCT, mm-hmm. uh, I'll take that. I take Fidoja Agrestis and Tonkat Ali uh, for the same reasons, um, also natural test boosters. Um, and then uh, I also take a test boost, an actual test booster that is mostly, um, it does have horny goat weed in it, but it's mostly B vitamins, vitamin D3, um, which can help with mental health if you didn't know. Uh, vitamin D3, and generally it has some type of proprietary blend in it. That's most of the time bullshit. Yeah. White mushroom caps, pretty common uh, in it. But uh, mainly I take that for the B vitamin and D vitamin support. Um, so I do take individual 
vitamins pretty often. Uh, if I sick or if I'm sick or feel like I'm getting sick, I might take vitamin C uh, or an emergency or something. Mm. Um, and, and then I'm pretty good about drinking electrolytes, which most of the time have some type of vitamin complex in yeah. them too. More like a multivitamin, but they generally have a lot of vitamin C and a lot of potassium in them mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. So, uh, you know, in the vitamins, that's pretty much what I take. What are you, what are you taking that's different than that? Um, so I'm taking, obviously, the multivitamin. I'm taking some uh, turmeric. Uh, it's turmeric and something else, mostly for, like, inflammation. Yeah, they say it's um, good for it. Yeah, so I take that, um, the deaspartic acid. Um I'm taking uh, milk thistle just just to help my liver. Um, I need to too. That's another one that I take most of the time. I take. I currently it, out of it though. Yeah, I, I try. I try to keep it. Um, try to keep it around regularly. Just 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 on the safe side. I don't. I don't. Not that I'm real worried about my liver. Like I don't. I don't actively try and kill it. I don't. You know. I don't drink yeah. a lot. Outside of the show. It's outside yeah. of the show, it's like. Even during the show, you know, it's it's about the same. I drink like one drink and then I'm pretty good for the day. Yeah. Um, That's fair. Than that, there's like, there's something else. Oh, I'm taking some selenium. Um, it actually helps with your white blood cell count. I'm just trying to keep my system up. That's uh, fair. Cold season, you know, season's starting to change. I'm trying to avoid getting sick if I can. Um, and then there are other health reasons why you would want to take selenium to increase your white blood cell count. But Sure. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but that's all I can think of at the moment. I feel like I'm forgetting something too, but I mean, and then, you know, it's a good segue because we're about to start talking about black market things, mm-hmm. but PCT wise, most of the time I use Clomid. Um, I do use Adalafil, which is basically Cialis mm-hmm. um, because hormone changes can give you lymph dense syndrome. I mean, it just is what it is. Uh, there's really no shame in that. I mean, anybody that's used exogenous hormones for as long as we have have probably experienced it to some degree even if it's just lower drive and not Mm -hmm. by ed um so i use uh clomid i use uh dalafil um what else am i using um hcg uh hcg i'm actually should be on but i'm actually not uh currently i'm just going to pct with clomid Mm -hmm. Uh, and then i take my test booster typically with it too which has a natural e-blux in it it's just vitamins like i said Mm I'm trying to think about what else. Uh, and then I'll start my TRT back yeah. too. So um, kind of all that stuff kind of happens. I'll probably postpone my TRT for two or three weeks after I start my PCT, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, but you know, now if I was going to run, what would be that time to add my milk thistle and stuff like that yeah. too, which I'll probably desperately need to do. Um, so, I mean, PCT drugs are complicated just because everybody's got an opinion on them. Yeah. Uh, HCG personally is a little bit too expensive for me to fuck around with. Yeah, it's it's really expensive. And honestly, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. Even when I'm on, even when I'm on hard stuff like trend, I doubt that I actually get to ever get my testosterone up to a performance enhancing level because mine's so low without mm-hmm. it. Um, and like I said, I do have to have it year round. Yeah. So um, I'd be hard pressed to say that I need anything stronger than Clomid, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, but HCG did make me feel good. I mean, it's, it's probably the best. It's just a little expensive. Yeah. And I'm one of those people too. I get really tired of pinning. So when I'm on a PCT, I'm like, give me something I can take orally. Let's right. get it over with. Like I, I'm most of the time, by the time I get to this point, I'm really tired of taking a shot. Yeah. You know? Especially, you know, three or four a week, like we have to. Yeah. So it's just, 
it's just one of those things like to avoid pinning most of the time i don't use cg as hcg yeah. so it's just what it is i have used novadex um I'm trying to think if there's anything else I used hcg um those are pretty much the yeah, big ones I'm like, most, too, yeah. most of the time I do use a liquid in both of those. The place I order from sells them in liquids instead of caps. Mm. And I just prefer it that way personally. It's like a dropper. Yeah. So yeah, I've I've uh I would say all that I've ever seen as far as like a PCT protocol was um Novadex, Clomid, and uh HCG. Like those are the three big components, and Clomid being the biggest one. Like if you're PCTing without Clomid, you're probably making a mistake. Yeah. Because it is the, I think, I, I believe I read it was the most effective of all of them. So you could, you could, in theory, depending on how hard you went, um, could PCT solely on clone. Yeah. Um, again, it just depends on experience, you know, what you've done. I think, you know, I, I very rarely pin over 750 a week. Yeah. 750 being the high end of what I pin, most of the time it's probably closer to five or 600. Yeah. Most of the time, it's it's five hundred tests and one hundred trend to be yeah. honest with you. So, um, which I could definitely open up. You know, I could definitely probably use more trend potentially safely, but uh, that's most of the time that's what I run. So. And that's fair because you don't really, depending on the circumstances, you don't really want to do too much, um, especially in something like trend. Um, trend affects my heart rate, which I already have a problem with tremendously. There's about a twenty to thirty beat per minute difference between when I'm on trend and when I'm off. Yeah. That's so that's pretty drastic. So yeah, that is, is something to to keep in mind. Um, as far as that goes, you know, you know, move, I mean, moving on into that, I guess. I mean, PCT is what it is. I mean, yeah. testosterone I'm on year round, so I really can't. You know, I do prefer E to C, mm -hmm. even though my prescription is C. Um, I like the longer esters better, personally. Um. But, you know, I get what the doctor prescribes me. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty much always in my system, even if it's even if it's lower. But, I mean, 19 Nords have always been kind to me. So, I mean, that's the reason I've used uh, long ester trend. Like, I've used, you know, E for as long as I can remember, really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is really kind to me for the most part. I've seen very little side effects uh, physically from it. And it does give you fatty liver. Um, it is really liver toxic, so you have to be careful with that. Um, but I feel really good. I feel really calm and confident when I'm on trend, and I feel strong when I'm on it most of the time. Uh, but it does wreak havoc on your liver and your heart. Really hard on both for me personally. So That's why a lot of bodybuilders won't touch it until uh, uh, like their, their peak, basically, like just yeah. before their meet. That's when they start it. Um, bodybuilders typically run stuff year-round. Uh, and I think I remember on the Mark Bell podcast, one of the one big bodybuilding coach, can't remember his name, saying uh, you're like off season, typically run some amount of testosterone, whether it's TRT or more, and then something to go with it. I, I remember he said MPP specifically, and there was a couple other ones that he had mentioned. I want to say he mentioned D-ball. I think that's the same family as MPP, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, and then there was, uh, there was, there were two, there are two uh, injectables that he mentioned. I can't remember the name. I'd have to go back and listen to it. I, mean, I know a lot of people use Equipoise. Yeah, and, uh, it was, that was one of them. 
Yep. Um, EQ is really popular. MPP is really popular. Um, I've never met with, I've never messed with either one of those things, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Well, that's not true. I had MPP in a blend and uh, I had some pretty nasty side effects from it. To be fair though, looking back, that blend also had Trend Ace in it too, which is a short Estra Trend. Yeah. And uh, that might've, that might've been as much cause as anything, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the only thing I absolutely hate and absolutely stay away from um, and won't do is um, master on. Yeah. So, and for that reason, because it's the same family, I've all, I've never messed around with Winstraw or anything either because yeah. of a little bit of a fear of uh, of that now because um, it did make me batshit crazy when I was on it. Um, yeah. But it could have just been the volume and then the drugs I was doing because that's definitely my highest volume because I was taking basically a cc and a half so a half cc of all three compounds three times a week when i was using that so, so that's a so i was taking you know 0.5 test 0.5 trend 0.5 master run three times a week yeah. so which is most of the time i take two cc's a week so the jump from two cc's to four and a half cc yeah. is pretty pretty big jump that, that is a big also jump. the pips from that's fucking <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> yeah I can't fucking move. That's, that's fair. <laughs> it's really, really hard. I don't know how. I don't know how bodybuilders pin as much as they do. To be honest with you, because you gotta have some sort of numbing agent. You or got, something. man, because that know. fucking sucks when it comes to pips. Yeah, like, that post injection pain is real. Maybe, maybe it's just uh, different pins, different liquids, different areas. Maybe right? so. Like, yeah, moving around or something like that. You know, I've always gone in my legs. Some people go on their butt cheeks. Some people go on their shoulders. It just is what it is. But probably hit all of them. Yeah, move it around. Just move it around constantly. I thought I, I've pinned in my shoulders periodically, off and on. I was when I was on a, a big cycle like that one time. I thought I was gonna be a smart ass and pin in my shoulders so my legs wouldn't be sore. Did not work out for you. It's a fucking terrible decision. <laughs> You don't know how often you use your shoulders until you can't use the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I believe. Like, your legs are pretty resilient. They can get over a little bit of soreness. But, man, if your shoulder has that post-injection pain in it, God, that's dumb. Yeah, that sucks so bad. I've never touched my shoulders. That sucks so bad. Don't. <laughs> it's, it's not fun, my dude. But, I mean, even even here, we're like I feel like we're searching for things to say about it. The problem with steroids, the problem with all the black market things, including SARMs, which we're about to touch on for briefly, but is like because they're illegal, we don't really have quality information about any yeah. of it. Like every cycle I've ever done, every cycle you've ever done is basically based on bro science. Stuff bro science. And on. even even when you find a reliable source, things that work for them don't necessarily work for you. Yeah. And it's just like it's a pretty delicate balance when you're messing with the hormones. And that's the reason why I say put it off as long as you can put it off because it is a fucking dangerous game we're playing because it's not like, because it's not clinical. There's places you can go that can help like medically. Um, I'm about to start at a place that's going to help me with my TRT. Um, But when it comes to the other compounds, which are for veterinarian use, Mm -hmm. the stuff doesn't get studied in medical school. So we don't really know. Truly we can get go based on opinion but you really don't know the rights and wrongs of using Trimbalone. Yeah. Or MPP or Equipoise or any of these things, like whichever ones you want to talk about. Because, like, the only ones they really use med- medically are testosterone and HGH. Yeah. So, like. Which we did not touch on HGH and we which, probably should. Honestly, the best the best cycle of my life, testosterone and HGH. Yeah. Um, I can do just my TRT dosage of testosterone. So, one shot a week and two IUs of HGH. and 
that first of all, the gains with HGH are permanent yeah. because it's not an anabolic steroid and it mm-hmm. works differently. It does grow your whole body physically, but it, it has a fat burning capability I've yeah. never seen before out of anything else. You can get bigger and skinnier at the same time. How that's possible, I don't fucking know, <laughs> but HGH will do it. Like it's it's pretty righteous. The problem is, you know, if you're taking just at two IUs a day, it's $150 a month. Yeah. So I mean it's it's expensive. Fucking expensive. It's, you know, it's, so you think you think you spend $150 on a month of HGH, you spend that on testosterone, you said. Yeah. Like the price difference is absurd. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to it's hard to afford HGH all the time. I mean, that's why Liver King spent all that money. It's all HGH. I'm sure you got gold top shit. And, like, <laughs> we're getting like fucking black top, black top shit made in somebody's bathtub, <laughs> and uh, may or may not have some crazy blood disease from using <laughs> HGH out of somebody's bathtub. But we we don't know. That's that's yet to be seen. I'll probably keep doing it. <laughs> but uh, no, this new doctor supposedly insurance won't cover it. But supposedly I'll be able to get HGH from oh, really? uh, from the new doctor. So. So that might be the the best one. But in terms of minimal side effects, no real reason for a PCT, nothing like that, like cut and dry, super safe, super easy to use, testing H- HGH, man, that's yeah. the... That's, that's like the king that's the combo, play. Yeah. honestly. Uh, it's the safest. It's the most effective. I don't feel as strong on HGH as I do, do, in, do on trend, but because it's long-term... Yeah. Um, it's kind of worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like it's it's kind of like, and then you can stay off, on it too. Yeah, like, you're if you off, want to. Like, you're off season, run run growth hormone. Like you know, I think they say typically it's like sixteen to thirty two weeks. Yeah, something like that. So you can spend a long time on growth. I mean, hormone. I think I spent. I think the most I've done. I think the most I've done is. I feel like did we do did we do four months so sixteen weeks? Is that oh, what we I did? did? I did like twelve. I think I think weeks, I probably did sixteen. So. But it was it was good. It was a good experience. No side effects. Heart rate wasn't crazy. Didn't mess my heart up. Didn't. Um, of course, we're taking pretty mild dosages. Yeah. I think the most I took, I think I sped it up to the end where I was taking three or four IUs a day. But like the most I took is four IUs. No no side effects. Nothing bad to yeah. say about it. I mean, it's the safest. It goes one hundred percent without saying that all this stuff. You really need to be open and honest with your doctor, even if they can't prescribe you these things. Mm-hmm. Because your blood work is so important. Giving blood's important because your hemoglobin is going to go up. It's just from testosterone. Um, so keep your blood count down, stuff like that, and keep your blood pressure good. You should be giving blood. Um, it should be done under the watchful eye of a doctor, whether you're using black market steroids or not. Um, boy, there's a lot to be said about that. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, tests and HGH are kind of king. Like I said, I'm on, I'm stuck on tests forever, so it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. But um, I wish... Like I said, because everybody everybody listening can kind of just know as much as we do and maybe more, but there's really not a lot of scientific evidence or scientific things to speak on because like because they're illegal, we don't have a lot of good information out there. Yeah. It is all bro science, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh they will make you fucking strong. I can say that without yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. Well, anything that's gonna increase your work capacity is gonna make you strong. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's essentially uh, what one, it one thing we definitely need to address. So I think there's some people out there that think that anabolics are just the shortcut and while they while i do expedite things and help things tremendously there's a belief out there that steroids get you out of the work mm-hmm. in reality the only thing they do is allow you to do more work yeah because you're not going to make any gains you're not going to be successful if you're not taking you're not advantage physically, of yeah, that extra working. work yeah. you have to do the work can it help you retain muscle if you're not in the gym regularly and stuff like that yeah it can help you hold on to it 
but it's not you're not going to get stronger you're not going to see <clears throat> physique changes stuff like that unless you're actually working with it like mm -hmm. i mean it's not a shortcut if anything it allows you to work m more more often yeah so like that's a that's the shittiest stigma i think it has yeah it, you it cheated really you does. used steroids yeah. well you can call it cheating if you want to but none of the work got cheated yeah the work's still very fucking real and i can yeah i can do it's the difference between you doing five reps at 315 or 10 reps at 315 like more work is more work yeah. like it allows you to go harder in the gym people have a hard time wrapping their head around the idea that that's how it works but that's how it works not to shit on them again but that's the reason why i think Testing in CrossFit is kind of bullshit because I know these people are beating the test. When you have a sport that's 100% geared around endurance and work capacity, and the only thing anabolic steroids do is increase work capacity, <laughs> and then they want to act like their their heroes are walking around clean, you're full of shit. They're beating them somehow. Yeah. Period. The, the Russians have beat Olympic tests for 100 fucking years. <laughs> like, if they're doing it, don't act like your fucking favorite CrossFitter is not doing it. Right. Like, I mean, it is what it is. It's alive and well in sports. And honestly, sports at large, we've talked about before, I think you could benefit from uh, an open and honest conversation about it and just say, hey, yeah, we use it. That way we can get the stuff studied and figure out what we're doing to ourselves, whether it's been good or bad, how to do it correctly, uh, let more, you know, more risk-free. I mean, the, the only reason why risk in this are, are, are involved at all is because of our lack of knowledge about it. Yep. You have people on the opposite end of the spectrums. Me and you are less is more people. We don't take a lot. I've never ran a gram a week. Mm. Like you have people that swear you can run fucking three grams a week. And you can for a short period of time. You, you, you absolutely can. But I'm guessing the truth is probably somewhere in the middle and maybe even a little off to the left or right a little bit. Yeah. Like I, I'm betting that nobody's a hundred percent right about it, but if this stuff was legal and could be studied and, People didn't make a big deal about their favorite baseball player using it. Like an open and honest conversation would go a long way. And then we would have more information to give on this podcast because yep. we're really just as in the dark as anybody else thinking yep. about it, to be honest with you. That's the reason why the doctor is so important. Yeah. Always blood get work. your blood work done. Always, yep. you know, talk to your doctor, see what, see what's going on under the hood. That's what they always say. I think what well, the biggest shame we've touched on this before and I'm going to, and then I'll let this go and we'll move on to dad jokes and closing. But, um, I think the the saddest thing about it is how great it is for men's mental health and how universally unaccepted it is. Yeah. I'm of the belief I have had one bad experience mental health wise. Like I said, I know that was master on that did it, but uh, the difference in me and my ability to just get out of bed every day since starting this stuff is just fucking tremendous. Like I have no doubt you say what you want to about the harder drugs, but I have no doubt that a regular use of testosterone probably has saved my life. And there's a lot of, <clears throat> well, not a lot, but there is a doctor that goes out and prescribes testosterone for depression in men. He's like, oh, well, what are your symptoms? All the symptoms of low testosterone and you're depressed? Oh, well, take this testosterone, get it back up to a normal level, come to me in a few days. Oh, I feel amazing. Like, it's, it's like that simple. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, really sad. And people want to talk about mental health stigmas and stuff like that all the time, but they don't want to talk about real potential solutions for it. And that is a real potential solution. for it. Yeah. That's I what it is. hundred percent agree. I know it, it took me from a really low place to a much better place. Um, I, I don't know if I've talked about it 
before on the podcast, but it was literally like the before I ever started uh, touching anything. I was just really low, really depressed all the time to a point where I really just wanted to kill myself, like constantly thinking about it. Like I was constantly thinking, what's the worst thing that happens if I kill myself? And I would constantly play it out over, over in my head. Eventually, I came to the conclusion that it, it was not the right decision, but it was constantly there. It was constantly like fighting it and trying to make myself believe that it was worth it. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, you know, I've heard testosterone can help with, you know, depression. So let's give it a shot. I'm willing to try anything at this point. Um, probably should have went to a, a doctor first and tried to do some sort of therapy. But I, in my head, I was like, I just don't think that's the solution for me. Yeah. Like, I know it helps people and I know the reasons why it helps people. I just didn't think that was you know, and, and maybe I was wrong, but at the time I was just like, that's just not what's going to help me right now with this situation. Cause I know that's just not, not my problem. It's not that I can't talk to somebody about it. It's not that I have unresolved issues. I know it's been resolved and I know everything's, you know, fine there. But, and then I, I took a, a little over a TRT dose, I think, and, uh, felt so much better. I had confidence. I never knew I had like everything about my life changed. Yeah, for, for the better. For the better. Yeah. Like I, I was just yeah. like in such a better place mentally, physically, like and this was during like this was right at a uh, COVID shutdown. So this was like peak of like the worst for everybody. Yeah. Like everybody's life was impacted. I lost my job. I was uh fortunately I was getting the money from uh the stimulus package or whatever. So I wasn't like losing the house and like freaking out. But, you know, it was kind of like that, that scariest part of the, I guess that year really. But I felt great because <laughs> it's sure yeah. I, everything like I, I was able to look at things from a different lens. And I, I don't know. That's all. That's all I'll really say about it. It changed yeah, my I life mean, for the better. Same. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, moving on because we're running a little long. Um, SARMs, I'll be quick on this. There's just not a lot of information out there about them. Uh, I would say that probably the best information probably is Mark Bell. Yeah, he's had a lot of people under his tutelage use them uh, to some success and some to not. Um, there's just not a lot of stuff out there. I can tell you as a supplement store owner that actively sells them, uh, I have a lot of people that swear by them. I have people that have used the real thing for years say that SARMs are. Not quite the same, but a suitable replacement. Mm -hmm. um, I've had people report no side effects. People report a ton of side effects. So uh, I think the issue with SARMs is I think I would exercise caution because we know even less about them than we do about anabolics. Mm -hmm. And you all just heard me and Nathan admit that everything we know about anabolics is basically bro science because there is no reliable source for those things. So if there's no reliable source for that, don't expect a reliable source for SARMs. Yeah, everything... Like other, aside from testosterone and growth hormone, because those are studied. Those are studied. Those, yeah. those are actively used in medicine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there may be some other ones that you, are active. You have HCG, to, but it's not really. You studied. have to actively exercise some caution, um, just as much with SARMs as you do with black market supplements. Yeah. And that's the truth. Yeah. Because we we just don't know. They've been on the market, what, 10 or 15 years now? Right. We have no idea what a long-term study would look like at this point. Right. I mean, the first five years in existence, there's probably nobody even thinking they needed a long-term strategy on it. Yeah. So, 
like best case scenario. So somebody started studying this stuff 10, 10 years ago and that's not enough for a long-term study still. No. So, I mean, you need, uh, you need to exercise caution with those things. If they work for you, great. Um, still need to take care of your liver, take care of your heart, still need to be having blood work and stuff done. Yeah. Even if you're just taking SARMs. Yeah, you, um, just, you just, you really want to do that at least twice a year anyway. Like yeah, even, even if, if you're, you're not perfect, on anything, yeah. even if you're perfectly healthy, just to make sure nothing is going but wrong. Certainly if you're using any type of PED over the counter or otherwise, you need to be making sure yeah. you're doing those things. If you're perfectly healthy, you could probably get away with once a year. Definitely twice a year, at least if you're using anything. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we do, we probably do need to talk about one more thing. It may run us a little longer, but peptides. Um, yeah. You, I'm going to let you take this in away Cause you have a lot more experience with that. Um, We've talked a, a lot about TB500 and mm. BPC157. Yeah. And um, those are really the two that I would want, I would really just push the most. And that's completely injury related. Um, there was some studies. I can't remember which one or if it was a combination of both that uh, it actually regrew um, tendons in mice, uh, which was really impressive. Um, there's a lot like, so any sort of like strain I've ever had, the worst one was my pec strain. Uh, I took TB uh, and BPC-157 for a week or two weeks. I can't remember. It was a very short amount of time, and I was back bench pressing not long after at full capacity. Like, it was pretty pretty fast. It was the fastest recovery I've ever had on an injury. Um, that being said, I haven't had a ton of injuries, but um, I do remember specifically because I kept on hurting my, my pec that I was going to do it this time with that to just try and get it quick and completely healed. And it was completely healed really fast. Oh yeah. Um, so definitely if you have any injuries, um, TB 500, BBC 157 are great tools to help you recover from any, uh, strains, um, tears. Uh, and then another one that I haven't had any personal use with, but I've heard, uh, good things from would be GHRP two and six, I believe. Um, I may be getting those confused, um, but they are the, they are fragments of growth hormone. Um, one of them, and, and you'll have to look into the specific scenario. One of them is the fat burning side of the growth hormone fragment. And the other is the, uh, the muscle building protein synthesis side. Um, so you, you'd have to do the research on it to, for which one specifically, I can't remember, but uh, I've heard good things about both of them. Uh, specifically the fat burning side um uh, that one i've heard more about than the actual muscle one but at that point you'd be better off just getting the uh actual growth hormone because it's a pretty much the same price unless you're you're worried about the ethics of it and then, yeah. in which case you know you could get the fragments honestly if you're using a piece of it what's the difference in the piece of the whole thing yeah like, like... the difference is the legality of it yeah, I mean, really it. yeah but. i mean but in in anything like with these peptides they're research uh chemicals and they are quote unquote not for human consumption so <laughs> yeah that goes to say too that we are not doctors so mm -hmm. this was, is not medical be... advance uh, advice that we're given we're just telling you some things that we've done to help ourselves so that's the we're done uh there will be a whole script in the the podcast notes saying that entire thing. We're not doctors. Um, it is purely. You should uh, talk to your doctor. Though. You should. You should talk. It is not a replacement for medical advice. Um, it's all bro science, baby. That's what we're talking about. Pr right now. Pretty much. It's it's for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> there you go. Uh, 
No, I think that pretty much covers it then. I think we we covered supplements pretty well. If we missed anything, let us know. Uh, leave us a comment. Send us a DM, something. We'll yep. uh, we'll reference it in the next episode if if you message us sooner. Soon enough. Yep, sounds good. Dad jokes. Dad jokes. Oh man, I know I saw one recently. I think I sent it to you, and I laughed. I thought it was good, but I'll have to pull it up. Let's see. Let's get on my page and go. Dad says jokes. You want Dad says jokes too? Uh, I'm trying to find the one that I sent you because I really liked it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I offered my elderly neighbor twenty dollars to let me try out her stair lift. Think she's going to take me up on it. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one got me pretty good. I I enjoyed that one. Pull up, Dad says jokes. I bet there's some. Man, I don't know. Is it pretty dry? It's a little dry. Oh man, Dad says jokes. You're letting us down. What do you call friends you like to go out to eat with? What taste buds? <laughs> that's terrible oh man so painful that's, today um my wife has banned me from making any more she says if i make any more i'm toast <laughs> <laughs> pretty good did you know 10 plus 10 and 11 plus 11 are the same this joke has been said on the podcast before. A hundred percent. 10 plus 10 it. equals 20 and 11, 11 plus 11 equals 22. <laughs> oh, man. hundred percent that joke has been said. Uh, what do I have if I've got four beers in one hand and five in the other? Huh. A drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. There's faster ways than beer, people. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I, I got a flyer on anger management the other day. I lost it. <laughs> that's hilarious no, my wife just confessed to me that she broke my favorite lamp I don't think I'll be able to look at her in the same light again <laughs> I said uh, that one to Desi oh did you? I remember that one's great Yeah, that one's pretty good feel bad like we haven't had any like really good ones dad says jokes is letting us down man. I once had a fight inside of a toilet some serious shit went down <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's, That's all I got. I think I'm tapped. I'm going to try and find one, one just random one. Ah, why do cows wear bells? Why? Their horns don't work. <laughs> oh. That's like a real dad joke. That's right a real there. dad joke right there. All right. All right. Y'all enjoy this episode. We appreciate y'all. Go rate us five stars. Um, Again, if you're a CrossFitter that wants to rate us one star, we will use that for advertisement. So 100%. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sitting through this whole episode and getting to this point. Yeah, absolutely. In spite of us making fun of you, uh, we'll continue to do so. Hopefully, that hopefully we might have one of you losers on one day. <laughs> hopefully, they, they laugh about it. Right? They're like they're good sports about it. Like, and then they like get up. Like, I'm gonna be a CrossFit podcast and I'm gonna shit on powerlifters. That would be fun. I mean, I they really can't because everything they do, we do much, much better. So. <laughs> they run. Uh, they who fucking cares about running? <laughs> Again, you walk into you walk into the gym. Nobody asks you what your mile time is, but people will ask you how much you bench. Always, man. Have you ever seen a CrossFitter bench? 
No. The hips are always pretty high. Butts do not stay in contact with that bench bench at all. I've, it's I've, pretty atrocious most of the time. It's almost as bad as their squats and their pull-ups. I was, was going to say, I've seen some kips before. And uh, there's definitely a difference between a kip and a pull-up. Man, I'm not going to lie to you. I can, I, can get, I can get behind kipping pull-ups a lot faster than I can a shitty bench press. I mean, that's fair. At least you can, you can make the argument of kipping pull-ups for work capacity, and it is. That's the reason they yeah. do it. But good CrossFit coaches will never tell you a kipping pull-up is better than the regular pull-up in yeah. terms of building strength. It's a work capacity thing, but there is no excuse. No excuse to have that bad of a bench press. Eat shit. Just kidding. <laughs> we, we love y'all too. Truly we do. You know, that was my origins. I have no problem, no real problem with it, but it is fun. I will say I don't have any origins in CrossFit. I do not love CrossFit, but I mean no ill will to any CrossFit. No, absolutely not. Y'all are awesome. Y'all are awesome people. Awesome. I don't know. I've never met a CrossFitter that I've well, it, you know, it, actively. I haven't. No, they're, they're good people. There, I'm sure there are good people in CrossFit. <laughs> there are. Just like there are good people in powerlifting and there are bad people in powerlifting. Probably more good than bad. More, more good than bad with us. In in the powerlifting group, yes. In the powerlifting association. Probably not. We're going to leave y'all with that. <laughs> <laughs> Gray area. <laughs> Cheers. Dick Diddlin directors. Dick Diddlin directors. <laughs>